Welcome to ISO Chats Theology. I'm Lionel Windsor, New Testament lecturer at Moore Theological College, Sydney. During the COVID-19 isolation, I chatted with lots of my friends and colleagues here at Moore about theology, Christian life and ministry. It's the kind of discussion we'd normally have over morning tea, but the topics are highly relevant to life in a changing world. So I wanted to let you listen in. Enjoy. I have the great pleasure of welcoming today my colleague and Christian brother and friend, Pete Orr. Uh, Pete Orr is uh, with me in the uh, New Testament department at Moore College. Uh, we work together on, on various things, uh, and it's a great privilege and pleasure to be able to speak to Pete, uh, particularly about an area of research that's very practical uh, that Pete has been engaged in, and that's on the area of gentleness. So, Welcome, Pete. Great to see you. Thanks, Lionel. Uh, it's great to be uh, with you in uh, a virtual sense yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. chatting about this topic. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny that th- this is actually the first time that we've had a go of, that I've had a go at doing this sort of video uh, interviewing discussion kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and we're all learning as we go. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's great that we have the technology. Um, it's not the same as being, uh, yeah, with each other in person, but I'm certainly very thankful for the technology. Absolutely. Yes. And we, we're kind of close to each other, uh, but we are not in each other's houses or anything. So uh, that's that's good. What I've, what I've wanted to do actually for quite some time is to sit down with, uh, with you, Pete, and talk about the issue of gentleness. Sure. Uh, because it's something that you've been um, looking at. And yep. uh, just, just tell me a little bit about your, you know, the, the context of your research and the context yep. of what, why you've been looking at this question of gentleness. Yeah, I sort of I came at the topic of gentleness, uh, I guess, through three angles, really. Um, I was struck by the, the fact that Jesus describes himself as gentle. So Matthew um, 11, um, 28, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. And as far as I can tell, that's the only place where Jesus actually describes himself kind of with a characteristic like that. And that struck me, you know, you'd expect, you know, Jesus, I'm, you know, I'm loving, I am holy, I'm sinless, all those things which are true. But, you know, Jesus describes himself as gentle. And just that struck me that, you know, that's that's what Jesus sees as one of his defining characteristics is gentle. Then, um, yeah, the fact that, um, you know, it's the fruit of the spirit. Um, so I was kind of thinking a little bit about um, the spirit and the Christian life and particularly the fruit of the spirit and struck that gentleness is in in the fruit of the spirit. And then just, you know, in a wider society where um, in, in so many different spheres, um, we are not gentle with one another. You know, there's the, the kind of cancel culture where you know if you do the wrong thing that's it you're gone and the outrage that you see on social media so those three kind of aspects two sort of from my own reading of the bible and one just you know thinking about the culture as a a whole really um attracted me to just do a little bit of thinking about the topic of gentleness Mm. that's that's uh, really yeah really helpful interesting And, and right now uh Really, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you about it right now is that uh, suddenly 
we uh, have been thrust into situations where we're with uh, one another and sort of, you know, mm. uh, that is, when I say with one another, not not you and I aren't with one another, yep. but there are many households where yeah. uh, households have sort of been thrust together um, yep. and not being able to necessarily get out and socialise with others. And so yep. the need for gentleness is particularly acute at the yes. moment, very important. Yeah. Uh, what uh, do you, yeah? What thoughts do you have about that? Or? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, yeah, I, you know, we we are uh, well in in Australia. We're not, or in, in New South Wales, we're not quite in lockdown as such, but we're very much um, more confined to our houses. We're with mm-hmm. one another. Um, relationship dynamics, I guess, are amplified. So where there are problems, those are really kind of put under pressure, put under the microscope, and it's often the people that we are closest to that we, um, it, you know, it's very easy to just take them for granted and, you know, the harsh word or whatever. And so reflecting, well, reflecting on the, the call to gentleness, I think is important as a Christian characteristic, but then also reflecting on, uh, you know, the Bible's teaching on the, the, the source of the power for gentleness, because in one sense, it's not something that we can, um, you know, produce from our from ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it is so important, isn't it? And uh, right now, uh, there's not only questions of um, gentleness amongst you know the, the need for gentleness gentleness amongst us uh, yeah. generally in society, uh, but you know in in, in extreme uh, levels. But it's 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 prevalent as these questions. Uh, or issues that have really been brought to the fore of uh, domestic violence and, you know, the federal government is really very helpfully and I'm very glad they're doing it, has ramped up uh, much of its funding for for services to help uh, with those issues. Uh, But, you know, yeah, yeah, it's... it's, Yeah, uh, and that's certainly the the absolute acute end and um, kind of needs, you know, really broad thinking about um, and I think gentleness is one... You know, one aspect uh, to the kind of the answer to that that question, um, yeah, which yeah. is I, I think the critical. I think that yeah, it's the it's the critical thing that's that's um, happening at the moment as people are are confined together. But but also more more broadly, you know, even in in houses where that's not an issue, there's still you know gentleness has got to be that mm. defining characteristic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, I mean I find that uh, myself that we, we need to be caring for one another and, and, and gentle with one another. Yeah. Uh, so so that's that's big. Um, I, w- one of the reasons that I've been wanting to talk with you about it is because uh, more more recently uh, you presented a seminar at the Priscilla and Aquila Centre conference, uh, yep. which was uh, here at Moore College, really just last month. Uh, yep. And uh, we were all able to gather together at that point, which I'm very grateful for. Seems like a it seems like a long time ago, but yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> effectively uh, could gather together. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the Priscilla and Aquila Centre is set up uh, to promote the ministries of women uh, in partnership with men, uh, and it's run by our, our sister and, and colleague Jane Tua uh, here. Uh, why why did Jane ask you to you to present a seminar on gentleness? At or did you did you volunteer? Like, why why were you presenting a seminar on on gentleness? Yeah, at that conference? I, I mean, I think for two reasons. Um, it was something I was interested in, and in terms of men and women relating uh, together, there is obviously that aspect of domestic violence, which I didn't really touch on in the 
in the talk, but there's this sort of wider cultural phenomenon of toxic masculinity. So this mm. idea that, um, uh, well, toxic masculinity is such a broad um, term and, you know, people mean different things by it, but it, it in, in sort of general terms, it's this idea that there's something um, innately negative about being a man in the way that it is applied in the 21st century. And, um, you know, that power different, differential, the physical power that, um, the way that men abuse that power, you see it in the um, the Me Too movement, um, you know, where men, um, yeah, abuse their positions of power, um, you know, movie moguls um, uh, abuse that position for their own gratification. And so I think it's important, it's important that we recognize that, you know, there is toxic masculinity, there are men who uh, abuse their um, their masculinity, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it is not of the essence of, uh, uh, to be a man that you do that. And I think for me, again, being struck by the Lord Jesus, you know, he's gentle. So if you want to be a man, if you want to be a true man, you know, there was no truer man than the Lord Jesus. Well then to be a true man is to be gentle. And mm -hmm. so I think it's, um, you know, as we think about at the PNA conference, men and women working together, uh, just a reminder that gentleness, obviously, uh, women are called to be gentle as well. But in, in a world that sees men as kind of toxic, I think it's very important to think about gentleness. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So all sorts of all sorts of issues that, that are raised. Um, by the way, I want to say that uh, on the issue of domestic violence, I'm going to be speaking in a, in a, a day or so's time uh, to uh, my, uh, my my uh, colleague, uh, Louise, who is involved uh, in ministering uh, to women, uh, particularly who have been suffering from domestic violence. So uh, that's something that we can talk about uh, later. But uh, there's yeah. there's all sorts of uh, issues that, that are raised. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell me, what, uh, yeah, what, what does the Bible have to say about this issue of gentleness? What's what are the what are the key yeah. things? Where would you start? Yeah, so uh, the Bible has a lot to say about gentleness. And uh, e even if you just sort of look through your English Bible, you'll see the language of gentle or gentleness um, throughout. So um, in the Proverbs, Proverbs, um, you know, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And again, I think that's that's really helpful uh, as we are living with our families um, in very close confines, you know, Gentleness is expressed in speech. Um, fruit of the spirit, as I mentioned, uh, that gentleness. Um, it, it's interesting that um, Christian ministry, uh, you know, the, the Christian minister in particular is to be marked by gentleness. It's not as if other Christians aren't, but I think the Christian minister is in particular meant to embody uh, what it means to be uh, a Christian. So, you know, gentleness is is kind of throughout the Bible. Um the gentle character of God, um, although the, the word gentleness isn't actually used all that frequently in um, in the Old Testament. Um, you know, the related terms of mercy and, and graciousness and long suffering um, are applied to God. So I think it's uh, it's important to see this isn't just like one little kind of thing that's mentioned in the list of the fruit of the spirit. It's 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 something that is prevalent throughout scripture and is you know it's the character of god it's the character of the lord jesus it is something that the holy spirit produces in us 
So yeah, it's a it's a very important thing, and I think often overlooked. Um, I think we, um, I think um, J- Jonathan Edwards once said that that you know the devil pushes us like pendulums, and it seems that we only um, we're, we're only right kind of as we move from one extreme to the other, and I, you know I think gentleness sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap because it's seen as you know to be gentle is to be insipid and uh, to not stand for truth, and I don't think that is correct. I think the Bible sees uh, standing for truth and gentleness is not mutually exclusive. I, again, mm. the Lord Jesus embodied both. Um, so, sorry, that's a bit of a download, but uh, yeah, really. That's, that's <laughs> okay. I, I'd like to ask the question then: what What is gentleness? Uh, yep. So, yeah, yeah. What? How would so, you define it, and what is it? Uh, so there was a um, uh, very helpful book in my own um, uh, kind of reading uh, by Donald Walker. Uh, sort of an academic tone on uh, 2 Corinthians 10. We'll maybe talk about that uh, passage a little bit. Uh, he, he talks about gentleness having two poles, um, an active and a passive pole, uh, which I think is a helpful way to think about it. So the passive pole of gentleness is when someone does something to you and you don't kind of react. So, uh, you know, the person who cuts you off uh, in traffic, you know, the temptation is to lean on your horn and kind of yell at them or even worse. Uh, But, you know, the gentle answer is just to sort of, in a sense, let them go through and um, not, you know, react with anger. So it's it's that kind of self-control when something is done uh, to you. That's the kind of passive sense of gentleness. The active sense of gentleness is when you are in a position of power or authority. Uh, it is not kind of um, even rightly. It's 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 refraining from even right even rightly exerting that power. Certainly not wrongly exerting that power, but even rightly exerting that power. So uh, you're in a uh, Bible study, and you know the person um, who always chimes in with the unhelpful answer you know the temptation is just to cut them down and say look sorry you know let's move on you know gentleness would be you know um john or betty uh thanks for your contribution can would someone else like to um uh you know to say something so it's that it's that sort of control um in how you exercise your authority yeah mm-hmm. okay that's that's helpful how, how do you go about doing this research then? I mean, how, how did you come up with this definition of gentleness and what, what did you see? What, what did you do? Well, um, in one sense, um, that, that's not my definition of gentleness and it, it is very much Donald Walker's, but he, what yep. he brings it out is in, um, I think I said 2 Corinthians 10 earlier, I meant 1 Corinthians 10. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 1, um, Paul says, Paul, I, I Paul myself, I entreat you, uh, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Now, part of the problem is gentleness or gentle is an English word, and it's not as if it maps exactly to, um, you know, one Greek word. And this is, um, if, if we sort of go under the um, under the hood, as the Americans would say, or under the bonnet, uh, um, you, you know, you, you're you're. It's actually quite complicated because you've got English words with meanings and you've got Greek words with meanings. Um, and to sort of do, uh, you know, when, when we're looking at what does gentleness mean, do we mean what do we mean by it in English or do we mean what, you know, what is 
you know, what's the Greek concept of gentleness? And I think there's a general agreement on those kind of active and passive ideas that they sort of line up with two Greek words, which frequently get translated uh, as gentle in uh, in the English Bibles. Although, you know, translation is tricky and it's not as if there's a one-to-one correspondence. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> through sort of looking at Walker and other people, uh, you know, you, you see that there, there, there are these two kind of concepts in, in the New Testament that frequently get uh, get translated as as gentle, and it seems to be it's it's this kind of passive and active um, idea that comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Those two words are, are praetes and yes, epikeia. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've got it in front of me, so uh, I'm <laughs> your research uh, that <laughs> well, that is the, the outline there. Yeah. So and if, happen, is it? yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 just interesting that. Um, uh, the word, um, uh, you know, prautes in in um, in Matthew's gospel, in most translations, it's you know, it, it's actually in you know, in the, the um, Beatitudes in Matthew five, it's blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And then in Matthew eleven, uh, Jesus says, "I am gentle." And then in Matthew twenty one, verse five. Um, uh, when Jesus enters Jer- Jerusalem, you know, Zacharias quoted, behold, your king is coming to you humble. And so, you know, most translators are very happy to take the Greek, the same Greek word and render it in three different ways, which shows something of the complexity. Uh, but at the same time, it's not as if gentleness is this kind of discrete thing that has nothing to do with humility or nothing to do with meekness. And so some of these words do sort of overlap. Uh, with each other and that's i think why the translators will translate them um you know the the same greek word with uh, different english words yeah Mm. uh to get just to to finalize just quickly some some other kind of words other concepts that help us to get a bit of a handle on on these words yeah so i think um you know humility self-control um you know humility how you think about yourself you don't think of yourself too um you know, uh, more than you ought. And so you don't, you aren't slighted when people might, um, uh, you know, speak to you in a certain way, self-control, you control your actions so that you don't respond when someone, uh, you know, says something unhelpful to you uh, patience, kindness. Uh, you know, those are, um, again, related words, you know, you're, you're, and, and, and they think that they sort of cluster around the idea of being in control and not reacting, um, I think gentleness is not that that's not all the gentleness is, you know, there is a sort of settled decision. You know, I could rightly exercise my authority in this uh, domain, but I'm not going to. Mm. Um, So I think those are all um, kind of related terms. One thing that gentleness, one word that it's unhelpful to associate gentleness with is niceness. I think nice, um, there's nothing wrong with being nice, but the, the problem is, you know, nice in English is, a, is that that is the sort of insipid kind of someone's mm-hmm. too nice to ever, um, you know, say anything or to rebuke anyone or anything like that. And so I think gentleness and niceness, uh, I think it's probably unhelpful to bring them too closely together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the way that you've been describing these things, in fact, gentleness requires a lot of strength. Correct. Uh, so it's Correct. not weakness in that sense. No. So, uh, no, yeah. it's strength of character and and self control and and um, 
you know, when you just want to, you know, blow your top, it, it is it is being, um, you know, being in control of your emotions and, um, you know, speaking kindly. Yeah. Mm. Now, that's hard at this time. Uh, this is yep. no excuse, of course, but at this time, when we are feeling out of control uh, yep. in that, all these circumstances and when we're feeling weak, yep. uh, which we do very often and I feel weak yep. and out of control, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to be gentle is actually a hard thing. So yeah. um, one of the things that we need to do then, and it's what the Bible does, is it brings us to, to God uh, yeah. and helps us to see this isn't this isn't just something that we, you know, let's conjure up some gentleness from within ourselves. Yeah, look for our inner sources of gentle strength or something uh, because we are weak and, and that. So, so what, what does the Bible say about God's gentleness then, God the yeah. strong one? Yeah, so I think um, I think the two aspects to that question. So there is the fact that um, you know God, and particularly God in Christ, models gentleness for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we've we've touched on that. You know the gentle character of God uh, in the Old Testament. Um, so um, you know one Samuel twelve uh, verse twenty two, the Lord will not cast away His people for His great name's sake, because the Lord graciously took to you him for him uh, a people so doesn't use the word gentle but that kind of image of god gathering his people or isaiah 40 verse 11 he will tend his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs in his arms he will carry them in his bosom and, and gently lead those who are with young um or and one of the most powerful verses i think in the old testament uh is jeremiah 31 verse 20 in in um, God reacting to Israel or Ephraim's sin, uh, you know, he says, you know, is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Uh, my heart yearns for him. I will have mercy on him. And so this idea of I have love and long suffering and gentleness is very much the character of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that that is in a sense ratcheted up. In, in Christ, you know, we see Christ laying his life down for his people and, you know, demonstrating his love again. So that, the, the, you know, gentleness is not sort of this different thing to love. You know, love and gentleness are very much uh, connected. And as we reflect on, you know, Christ's love for us and you get that note in the New Testament, um, you know, as, you know, Christ loved us, we should love one another. We're to imitate Christ. Paul, uh, you know, makes that call in a, in a couple of points. So uh, it's not as if uh, gentleness is given to us as a bare command. It's uh, modeled to us, um, you know, by God and um, by the Lord Jesus Christ. But I think particularly in terms of the, the power for gentleness, um, I think, you know, that the, the Spirit's work in, in Galatians 5, I think that that's key to understanding the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Mm, okay. So, so let's look at Galatians as well, because the fruit of the spirit appears in, in Galatians chapter five. That's right. Yep. Just for those playing along at home, um, uh, and here's a here's, here's sort of a couple of New Testament sort of uh, teachers uh, talking to each other. What's what was a brief summary of what Paul set up to Galatians chapter five? Then what's what's Paul been talking about? Yeah. Uh, I'm not yeah. So, so Galatians is um, is a letter written to a church that is being tempted to uh, leave aside Paul's 
articulation of the gospel. And what Paul does in the beginning of the chapter is say, look, my gospel is Christ's gospel. I, I got it from Christ. I didn't make it up. And I didn't get it from anyone else. I got it from Christ. And uh, he proves that. And it's, it's really interesting what he does in chapter one. He says, um, I didn't consult with the other apostles and I was preaching the gospel. But when I did meet up with them, you know, our gospels matched. So it, it's sort of proving, look, you know, I preached the same gospel as them, but I got mine from the risen Christ. You know, so his gospel is the same. And the, the Galatian church are being um, harassed by a... Um, a group of teachers who want to say, yep, Christ, yep, turn to Christ, but you need to add obedience to the law of Moses as well. And so it's, um, you know, God's good law, you know, God's good law used in the wrong way um, to, to kind of supplement faith in Christ. And so that's kind of distorting their, um, you know, their understanding of the Christian life. Um, and that's that's God's good law being used, particularly to supplement faith in Christ when it comes to justification, when it comes to being right with God. When it comes to being right with God, yep. But I think also, as well as that, you know, yep. when it comes to the power to live the Christian life. Yeah. And it, it seems to be the implication is, well, if you don't have the law, then, um, you know, how, how are you going to live the Christian life? And Paul's answer is actually at this time in salvation history, uh, because Christ has fulfilled the law, that he has... Um, in a sense, um, he's fulfilled the law for us so that we can have the gift of the spirit. And so mm. we have the spirit and, you know, that the Christian life is to be defined by and empowered by uh, the spirit. And um, particularly the back end of Galatians, you know, he, he talks about the spirit in the first half of Galatians, but really the first half is sort of it's not the law. It's not the law. It's faith in Christ. The second half seems to be an end, you know, because you have faith in Christ, you have the spirit who uh, enables you to live the Christian life and, um, yeah, and enables you and, and sort of gives, leads you and gives you the sort of um, the norms of the Christian life, if you like. Yeah. Mm, mm. You are called to be free, but don't use your freedom as a cover oh, for evil, but serve each right. other. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't use your freedom to indulge the, the flesh. Um, rather, um you know, I mean, it's it's almost paradoxical. It's, it's don't, um, you know, you're called to be free. Uh, don't indulge the flesh. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, be enslaved to one another in love. So, mm. you know, the freedom of the Christian is to be enslaved to one another in love. It's a very mm. powerful image that uh, true freedom is actually slavery to one another uh, in love. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the spirit is the, the spirit empowers us and and, yep. and dwells in us, and yep. so there's this fruit of the spirit, which, um, well, you know, I, I learned that this is a song. I won't sing it, but uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, uh, and that was a that was a great song I learned in primary school or something somewhere. I don't know where, but. Uh, it's it's a great song that stuck with me, but gentleness appears as the second last yep. characteristic in that list. This is what yep. the Spirit does for us to enable us to serve one another, to be enslaved to one another yep. in yep. love. Yeah, uh, and I mean, there's lot, lots of things we can say that, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love. There's, you know, if you read the commentaries, and I, I think there's a good case for seeing, it, it's not as if love is one of uh, these attributes. I think love is the, the kind of defining characteristic and then all these other aspects are 
um, you know, ways that we love one another. Um, you know, because if, if love is the fundamental thing, so when he says, you know, here's my definition of how you relate to one another, you are enslaved to one another in love. It seems to me that love is the kind of fundamental thing. You think of 1 Corinthians 13, you know, greatest of these is love. Uh, and again, think of 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Uh, mm. So I think if we read those together, it's, you know, love is the sort of heading and, but love will be joyful. It will be peaceful. It will be forbearant, you know, be kind. So that's that's what love is going to look like, and love will look like gentleness. Mm -hmm. uh, what what fascinates me is, um, and maybe we can dig down to you know what what do, what do we do and what does the spirit do? Because um, you know gentleness is a fruit of the spirit, but then if you go down to chapter six verse one, uh, someone who's caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. So. Mm -hmm. Um, gentleness, in a sense, it's it's a fruit of the spirit, but it's also something that Paul can command. Um, and that sort of relationship between what we do and what the spirit does, I think um, this section of Galatians is is really helpful in teasing out. Uh, you know, and it's not just um, uh, it's not just gentleness. You know, he talks about um, you know goodness because uh, goodness is um, is a fruit of the spirit. And then uh, he talks about in chapter six, verse 10, uh, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. So mm. it's simultaneously a fruit of the spirit, but also something that Paul can command. Mm. So in other words, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of dynamic between it's something that the spirit produces in us, but it's also something that we are, you know, Paul can command us to, to do it. Yeah, just as he can command us to walk by the Spirit. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we walk, but we do it by the Spirit. Yeah, so I think that's a really important, um, yeah, dynamic to think about. That's, yeah. it, is, it is helpful, isn't it? Because we live in an age where so often we're carried, where, we're, where the way that, that often people think is that we're carried by our emotions. So yep. our emotions, if we feel something, then we have to obey those emotions. Whatever those emotions are, uh, so if we feel anger, well, we've got to be, you know, we've got to be angry. We've got to take it out on someone. If we're not feeling particularly gentle, then, well, that, that, that's it. But actually um, uh, the way that, that the New Testament that speaks, uh, and Paul in particular, it's that uh, God is working in us yep. uh, to live this Christian life, but but it is something for us to work on, and it's a, it's a command for us to, to follow. So the command to be gentle uh, isn't just whether we feel like it or not. Correct. Uh, and, in fact, it is really the rubber hits the road when we don't feel like being gentle yep. and we feel like exerting our, our authority or power, yep. uh, which you know, I certainly um, relate to that, that, that we yep. need to be reminded of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, you know, more, more widely in Galatians, you know, what, is, what does the Spirit do? Well, the Spirit kind of produces faith in us um, you know, that's that's what he's, um, you know, where he's talked about the spirit earlier in Galatians. Uh, you know, he connects the spirit, um, you know, to faith. Um, you know, so uh, chapter three, uh, spirit and faith are connected um, on one side. The flesh and the law are connected on, on the other side. So, you know, faith in the gospel is, you know, is the spirit's work. So it's as we hear the gospel, as we read the word of God, 
you know, the spirit uh, kind of produces faith in us. Uh, but the spirit also um, is connected to prayer. Uh, so uh, back in um, chapter four, um, you know, the spirit, um, um, actually, it's not chapter four. It, it is, I'm just looking, I, um, I brought my, not my normal Bible. So things are just in the wrong place in the page. Um, yeah. So where the, uh, where the spirit cries, Abba, Father, um, I'm gonna oh, that's chapter four. Chapter four. It is chapter four. It is yeah. chapter four. So chapter yeah. four, um, uh, verse six, because you are his sons, God sent his, the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. And um, it's really interesting. Paul says something very similar in, in Romans eight, you know, where the, the, the spirit's work in us is, is to cry Abba Father. So I think, you know, what is, what is walking by the spirit? I think it's walking uh, by faith. In God's mm. word, mm. and uh, it, you know, and and that faith is dependence on God, and mm. God Himself creates that um, dependence on Him through spirit, through the Spirit, you know, so mm. that the Spirit cries, "Abba, Father." So it's, so it's it, living. Sorry, yeah, yeah, no. So it's it's not, uh, you know, walking by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. It's it's not this kind of esoteric, um, super Christian level. I think it's it's um, faith in God's word and and prayer, but those are those are created by um, you know it's the Spirit who prompts us to to read the the Word of God with faith. It's the Spirit who prompts us to to cry out to God, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. So in a situation where I'm uh, tempted to react in anger, um, you know I I I express my dependence on God. Um, I cry out, Abba, Father. I remember the example of the Lord Jesus, and uh, so I, I'm enabled to uh, react gently. And, and that is not just me doing it. That is the Spirit's work in me. I think that's the dynamic in, in, in Galatians. Um, There's this great strength that, that comes from knowing that we are God's children yeah. and being God's children and, and God yeah. enabling us, us to do this and to be free to make that decision to be gentle yeah. because you don't have yeah. to hold on to that to the to the power or, or be yeah. completely frustrated when um, we're feeling weak or when all of our plans have just gone out the window or whatever it is we can yeah. say no loved by God and yeah. that's yeah that's a good and, and so the spirits the spirits work I think sometimes we you know we think the spirit works um, almost kind of magically or you know that he enables us um, you know we he supernaturally strengthens us. And I think that's true. But also I think what Paul does in Galatians really helpfully is just connect the spirit's work to faith in the gospel mm. and to prayer. You know, mm. so those, those basic things of, you know, reading God's word and praying, which that just seems, um, well, that's basic Christianity. Tell me something, you know, tell me something new and fresh, but actually see those as the work of the spirit and that, that is where the power comes from. So it's, you know, it's not just reading your Bible and praying. It's um, it's the spirit prompting you to read your Bible with faith. It's the spirit prompting you to pray in, in faithful dependence on God. That that I think is what Paul's talking about when he's talking about the work of this walking by the spirit and how the spirit produces fruit in our lives. Mm. 
It's very helpful. I think I'm not sure if we mentioned it at the start, but uh, this work on gentleness, maybe, maybe you didn't, I've forgotten, but the, the work of your work on gentleness is actually part of wider uh, work in uh, the, work, the work of the spirit in the Christian life. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's well, really. I, yeah. I originally, I originally thought I'll maybe do some work on gentleness and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll just widen it to the fruit of the spirit. And then I thought, no, actually I'll widen it to the, um, you know, the spirit in the Christian life. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. That's a that's a, a great thing to do. I'm really looking forward to to talking with you more about about those things. So we're fo- focusing again uh, back down on 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 gentleness. Yep. Uh, and on the question of uh, of gentleness. Uh, there's there's gentleness in the life of, of the Christian. There's also um, uh, the life of the Christian leader that you you mentioned. Uh, yep. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? What why are Christian leaders in particular uh, commanded? Uh, through the spirit to be gentle. Well, I think you know if we particularly think of that idea of, the, of uh, gentleness is that right exercise, ex, um, exercising of your authority, and um, you know as long as we think about it correctly, there is authority for the Christian leader. Um, but uh, it, it's striking again how frequently Christian leaders, in particular, are uh, commanded to be gentle. So, um, again, you know, uh, he doesn't use the language as such, but 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 2, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not domineering over those in your charge, uh, but being examples to the flock. And so the temptation, I think, for the Christian leader is to, is to be domineering. Um, you know, they know where their flock, ne- you know, their, their church needs to go, and so they um, can be harsh and overly critical, um, but you know Peter says no. That that's not that's not the way uh, to to lead. Um, One Timothy um, six verse eleven, you know Paul says, but as for you, O man of God, pursue uh, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness. All of those we'd say, yeah, that's what a Christian leader needs to pursue. But he also needs to pursue gentleness. And again, that's striking that, you know, the Christian leader needs to pursue uh, gentleness. Um, 1 Timothy 3, verse 3, an overseer is not to be violent, but gentle. And, uh, you know, even Paul himself, his own example uh, in uh, in 2 Corinthians in particular, Paul really reflects on his own, uh, the character of his history and and the Corinthian church are not exactly the easiest church. And yet, um, you know, Paul is very expressive in his kind of love for them. And at one point in uh, chapter one, verse 24 of his second letter, uh, you know, we don't lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. Again, it doesn't use the word gentle, but that, that's the dynamic. It's not, uh, you know, lording it over. It's not domineering, but it's working for your joy. And mm. Christian leader is meant to be the servant. Um, again, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, I think it is, uh, Paul says, you know, we preach, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. We preach Christ as Lord and ourselves. And you'd expect him to say as, as Christ's servants, but he doesn't. He says as your servants for Christ's sake. Mm, and that yeah. that is a very, very powerful dynamic in the New Testament. And one which... I think perhaps in, in an increasingly hostile, uh, in a world that's increasingly hostile to the um, church and the Western world, you know, where the church was, uh, in a sense, uh, had a place in society, we're losing that place. 
perhaps the temptation for ministers to be domineering over their flock is in increasing uh, potentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very, very important, isn't it? Um, yes. And again, it's for, for, for ministers as much as anyone who has any yeah. kind of authority or, or power, it's to, for Christians, the power that we get to be gentle comes yeah. from, from what you're saying, from knowing what God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us, dying for our sins, giving us that that uh, sure hope of everlasting life, so we can be secure in that. Yeah. Uh, and so, following the example uh, of yeah. of God and of Jesus, who Himself was as gentle uh, and and humble, yeah. uh, and praying and asking God, God, make me yeah. gentle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In, in these circumstances, yeah. Um, I, I, maybe it's it's worth reflecting briefly on on circumstances where gentleness for, for us, I, I, I guess, or for, for for you, and I'll, I'll reflect as well. You know, circumstances where we need to be gentle uh, personally. You know, so so uh, I, I'm so I'm thinking uh, myself when it comes to um, making. not just make decisions, but uh, the words that I speak, I'm, I'm speaking lots and lots and lots of words. And sometimes you just, you know, in, in my job as a New Testament lecturer, I just need to get things done. Uh, yeah. And I need to, but, but actually, you know, sending emails, but also when, as I speak, uh, it is very easy uh, to, to just, you know, write those emails or, or yeah. make those statements in such a way that, uh, actually, I'm not being gentle um, with my ex and I'm, I might be right. I might be perfectly within my rights to to, yeah. to ask someone to do something, but to actually consider being gentle, yeah. particularly when I have a, a power that 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 others don't have. I think that's that's one area uh, yeah. that that I need to to be very careful with. Uh, at the same time, as I do need to get things done, so it's important to to exercise. Yeah, them. yeah, uh, and my family as well, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think, um, you know the the to do list. You know you you if you're efficient and you want to get through your to do list, and then frustrations come into your uh, into your day. You know it's very tempting to be um, uh, yeah to to allow that frustration to come out um, rather than responding uh, gently and and trust trusting God in you know in His providence. You know this thing that's come up. Well, this is what He wants you to deal with. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's true. I've learned that with my family as well. I just have to keep, you know, uh, you know, as as a as a parent, uh, we just inherently have authority over our kids, and yep. to, to constantly remember to use that with gentleness uh, yep. for their sake, not for yep. my own sake. Yeah. Uh, to make myself feel better uh, as yep. a as a parent, it's just it's it's always wrong as a parent to to go. Oh, I'm doing this for my own sake. Yeah. Uh, for my feelings to make myself feel better. Um, yeah, that's the constant temptation, especially when things are hard and you just need to get things done. In, yeah, in this yeah time. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I think as um, uh, lecturers, as teachers, you know, that the um, um, the temptation, hopefully neither of us fall into it, but the temptation to get frustrated if someone's not getting it, you know, and you're having to go over the same thing again and again. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think that particularly, um, you know, that, that that's the temptation when when someone sort of stops you from getting done what you want to get done. That that's perhaps for me, whether it's my 
uh, one of my children or you know in a in a meeting situation that's that's where i'm particularly tempted to not be gentle and mm. to, you know express my frustration in in anger and um yeah one of the verses that i've thought a little bit about it and you, you need to be careful how you think about it is um you know 1 corinthians 6 um paul talks about how the corinthians were suing one another so you know we're this this is kind of civil um civil mm. suits so we're not we're not in the criminal world here uh so this is kind of um you know insult and things like that and and paul has a line um you know why not rather be wronged mm. and now we again just because of the world we live in we've got to be really careful what he's not saying you know he's not saying you know allow someone to commit a criminal offense against you whatever that might be no Paul is equally is very clear that you know if someone commits a criminal offense they need to be punished but in this mm -hmm. case where they they seem to be it's trivial stuff but, you know they're being insulted or they're um, you know, disputing over um, you know fairly trivial things but you know I, I think it's Paul's form of Jesus you know turning the you know turning the other cheek and mm -hmm. I think the problem is because of the the misapplication of some of those ideas, we we're rightly quickly to say what they don't mean, but we've got to think about what they do mean, and um, you know why not rather be wronged? Why not let that um, insult that someone um, you know uses against you on social media just let it go? You know you don't need to jump back and um, and defend yourself. Why not rather be wronged? Um, yeah. And I I think that's 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 right. I, I'm thinking. You know, let, let me float an, an idea of, of one way in which that could work out. That right now, uh, with all the changes in their economic landscape that are happening so quickly, and yeah. with all sorts of things falling apart, there are organisations and people who owe us money. Um, yep. if, if we were just going to say in terms of our rights, well, yep. my right is that. Um, this person that I gave money to to do this thing and I can't do it anymore because, you know, I'm all locked away, whether it's a, a ticket to, to a concert or something like that, yeah. uh, whatever it is, you know, I, I need to demand to get it back. And yeah, it's, it's okay to ask uh, to yep. get it back. Uh, but, you know, as I think of things that we've we've paid for in advance for, for church things and, and, and yeah. uh, uh, we – because of because of our situation, uh, we're in a position where that's okay. We can let that go. We can why not rather be wronged? Yeah. And like you say, not everybody's necessarily in that situation. There are people who really, really need to get that money back because they yep. need to eat or they need to yep. pay the rent or, or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, but I remember Scott Morrison. You know, on was it last night? <laughs> Everything's goes so quickly. He he was just saying to people, look, uh, tenants and landlords, I just want you to sit down. And just work out a deal. I was going. That's a wonderful piece of advice. Yeah, and, and I, think, uh, yeah. I can imagine Christians could do that. I can imagine various people could do that. But but gentleness is going to be needed in a yeah. huge way in those situations, yeah. isn't it? And and it's it's some of those kind of radical words of the Lord Jesus. You know, turn the other cheek. Mm. Uh, you know, give give your cloak as well. Or you know, Paul's application. Why not rather be wronged? I mm. think um, yes. We mustn't kind of misconstrue those, uh, but particularly for those who are in a position of authority, you know, that, that's the place where um, 
you know, we, we can probably more easily, um, um, you know, li live, live those out um, and um, into the kind of more opportunities for us to, uh, to live those out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. Rather than insisting that people who aren't in the position of authority must do that. Yeah, no, exactly. Doing. We yep. need to be actually, if we are in any position of authority, to be doing yep. that ourselves. Yeah. Uh, which is why it comes back to God, Jesus. Yeah. What he's doing. And I mean, what, why not rather be wronged? Um, you know, so, social media is a sort of is the world, you know, amp, ramped up in microcosm, and um, you know, I, I feel like the temptation to always defend yourself on social media is there, but just to let things go, let people sort of. Um, you know, there's a case for saying, you know, there's times when you just got to let it go and not necessarily jump in and always be, um, you know, correcting every kind of um, scintilla of, um, you know, misunderstanding or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of areas there in which uh, that is uh, that is useful. I think I, I've, I've really learned and enjoyed uh, this conversation. Uh, I, I don't think we, we didn't have a time limit when we started. I don't even know how long this has gone on for. I just really enjoyed it. So uh, at the end, when we stop, I'll work out how long it was. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been great. And I hope it'll be helpful for others. Is there anything that you want to say, you know, that, that you really wanted to say about, about gentleness that you haven't had a chance to, to say? Um, no, I think it's just um, uh, it, it's often overlooked. It's frequent in scripture and, you know, uh, Philippians 4, 5 is a, great, is a great verse, you know, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And uh, I think, you know, the Lord is near both spatially, but also, you know, the Lord Jesus is returning. Um, you know, this, this is the time for us to be, uh, to be gentle is a great reminder. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks, Pete. Uh, shall we, shall we pray? I'd love to, I'd love to pray. Sure. Uh, with you. Yeah. Right. Uh, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your own mercy and grace uh, you are infinitely strong and yet you are merciful and gentle and your son jesus is gentle father uh, within that strength help us to be gentle help us to uh, follow uh, your example and the example of your son jesus christ and to continue to return to you uh, when we find that we are not perfect that we are not gentle and continue to come to you and your goodness for that forgiveness father we do pray at this time especially that you would strengthen us as christians uh, in particular uh, to be those who are gentle who are uh, self-controlled uh, and who rely on you and your love for us so that we may love others and we pray this in jesus name amen amen Thanks very much, Pete. Thanks, Lionel. You've been listening to ISOChats Theology. I'm Lionel Windsor, New Testament lecturer at Moore Theological College, Sydney. If you like this podcast, please consider sharing us and please review and rate the podcast on your favourite podcast platform so others get to hear about it too. Video versions are available on YouTube, or on my website at lionelwindsor.net. You might also like to check out another podcast I've created called Lift Your Eyes, a series of 70 reflections on Ephesians. And by the way, the name for this podcast was created by Adelaide Windsor. The theme music was written and performed by me and Harry Windsor, and the cover art was designed by Ellie Windsor.
love their work. Thanks for listening.